Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So when I was a junior in college, when I was at Borromeo Seminary still, one of the opportunities I had was to go on this medical mission brigade, this medical mission trip, so to speak, to Honduras. So there was a relationship that the seminary had with Jesu Parish in University Heights, and so there was a group of seminarians and a few priests who uh, went with this team of doctors, nurses, medical professionals to Sociedad de los Sociedad Amigos de los Niños, in, uh, right outside of Tegucigalpa in Honduras. So I, I signed up to be, at the time, I signed up to be uh, one of the translators for the Medical Mission Brigade. I was still really, really good at Spanish back then. I, uh, you know, I haven't spoken it in, you know, 15 years, so it's not quite where it was. No bueno, as they say now. Uh, but I was really good at Spanish back in the day. And um, so I signed up to be one of the translators. So... The first morning, so we arrive obviously in Tegucigalpa, we get to our, our kind of base camp and then um, what we did the next morning is we had a very early wake up call about four o'clock in the morning. We all packed all of our supplies and equipment into this bus that seemed like it was half the size for what we needed. So we're all packed into this tiny bus and then we began this trip winding through the mountains and these rough roads. And I did when you're careening around these mountains from anything, was clamoring for him, like people clamoring for the, like the last lifeboat off the Titanic. It was, this was a matter of life and death. And he set about curing many of them of their illnesses, their diseases, liberating them from demonic possession. Now, I don't know if, uh, you know, any demons were driven out during my medical mission brigade in Honduras. I don't think I knew those words in Spanish. But all of these people, from young men to old women, they came and they sat in front of me and they sat in front of the doctor and they began to list and to name every single possible malady, every single possible issue from stomach issues to uh, this little thing on my skin. Do you think this is a problem? Like every single thing, they were naming all of these things like they saw me and these doctors as the only hope that they had to be alleviated from their suffering. And so they bore it all. Like it was, it was a tell-all experience. They said all of it, unvarnished, unpolished. I heard things from the mouths of 80-year-old women that no 20-year-old man should ever hear them talking about. Thank God it was in Spanish, okay? So that helped. But there was no embarrassment, though. There was no embarrassment. There was no snickering. There was no balking at it. It was just, this is, this is what I'm suffering with. This is my issue. And if I don't say it, I'll, I won't be healed. I won't be healed. I've often thought of these people. I've often thought of this experience when I, when I prepare an examination of conscience. Um, I try to get to confession maybe you know once or twice a month at least, if not more. But that's the mindset that I try to have, that the doctor, the divine physician can only heal what you reveal. Just like these doctors in these villages, they could only heal what was revealed to them. So they bore it all. They bore it all. So often what I experience, not necessarily here, but I've experienced in the wider context of being a priest here in confessions that many, many people 
polish their sinfulness. They polish their examination of conscience list to make it sound a little bit more presentable, a little bit more palatable. Let me phrase it in just this way so that you don't really, really realize, Father, the full extent of the evil that I did. We polish our sins because we get embarrassed by them, because we think, I think, and I know this because I'm a penitent too, that somehow the priest is going to think less of me. I really want to give you like a priestly tell-all moment right here this morning, that what it's like on the other side of the, the screen. This is what it's like. There is, there is just simply nothing that I find more irresistibly lovable than vulnerability. Jesus finds nothing more irresistibly lovable than vulnerability. When a person really shares the depths of his heart, of her heart, unvarnished, unmasked, like this is what's in there. And the only thing that I've ever felt, the only thing I've ever felt as a response to that, as a confessor, has been immense, immense compassion, immense love. It's like the opposite. Whatever the opposite is of disgust and like recoiling is what happens in the presence of vulnerability. So the question, I guess, I mean, I know we're the Daily Mass crew, but the question I guess I want us to ponder is, are there things in us, are there things in you, shameful, painful memories, things that you've perhaps kept buried and hidden for so long, just resigning yourself to this thought that I'm just taking this one to the grave with me because the thought of verbalizing it, the thought of getting it on my lips from the silence of my interiority to actually speaking it out loud, that thought is, it just seems impossible. I could never say this. Like Jesus, the divine physician, is begging us always, but especially today with this gospel, to bring it up unvarnished, to bring it to the light because the only one who's manipulating us through fear in that regard is the enemy. It's the, it's, that's, those are the prison bars that he has to keep our hearts dead. And in the gospel we heard on Monday in Mass, Jesus strides into the synagogue in Capernaum and he receives the scroll from Isaiah and rolls the scroll and he reads the scroll. And this is what he said on Monday. And he's saying it to us every single day. He says it to every person as they step into the confessional. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, right? And to proclaim a year of acceptable to the Lord. That's what he wants to do. That's his job description. And the only way that he can do that or fulfill that is if we bring our hearts unvarnished to him, like these people in the gospel, like those good people of Honduras. He wants to set us free. Set us free. Amen.